Hello and welcome to Thank You Come Again. This is an e-commerce podcast sponsored by Wonderment, where we dive into the actual strategies that leading D2C brands are using to not only make their customers come back and buy again, but have the best possible customer experiences. I'm Blake and Burl. I started my career as a retention marketer, and now I'm focused on being a shepherd of knowledge for you and others on all things retention marketing. You won't find any top 10 guru guides here. Instead, I want you to walk away from each episode with battle-tested and actionable insights that's going to help you to move a needle forward and driving repeat business. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this week's episode of Thank You, Come Again. Today, I am joined by Ash Malwani, the CMO and co-founder of the health and wellness brand, Avi. Today, we're going to be taking a deep dive into what it really means to actually create a customer for life. But first, Ash, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you, let your audience learn a little bit more about you and what you're up to. So who is Ash Malwani and who is Avi? <laughs> well, first off, thank you for having me. Um, definitely a great opportunity. Love, uh, love Wonderment. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ash Milwani, you know, uh, grew up in New Jersey, um, went to university in London with a finance degree, um, ended up in marketing somehow, um, you know, spent a good amount of my years after college learning Facebook ads and, you know, just running, you know, a ton of media, uh, probably spent like 20 million, uh, across the accounts that we were managing, um, Came up in a more like a uh, marketing agency background uh, between me and two of my other founders. And, you know, we were building up some crazy brands and, you know, we decided, I think it's time for us to start our own brand. Um, hence, you know, Avi started in 2019 and uh, we haven't looked back since. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my role, you know, as a CMO is, is, is to really nail, you know, the acquisition part. Um, but I think, you know, talking about today's topic of retention, um, understanding that that is now more important than ever, um, especially during this time where, you know, acquisition costs are going up. Um, how can you improve LTV? How can you improve, you know, the, the, the conversion from a first time customer to a second time? Like, why is that important? Um, and it's all because, you know, you know, lifetime value is so crucial right now. So happy to, to get into that a little bit more. Definitely. And, uh, finance background. That's super interesting. So I, I would imagine you bring a lot of that kind of, uh, you know, mentality to the marketing side too, looking at the numbers, being a little bit more data driven. Um, can you just talk a little bit? Has that kind of lent any sort of kind of like, um, you know, strength to, to being a CMO, having that financial background? Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of, you know, I wouldn't say a lot of, but I mean, some of the media buying process is looking for trends, right? You know, kind of looking into the data, seeing what's happening, um, you definitely, obviously you definitely need that like creative, you know, push where it's like, you need some type of, you know, inspiration for creative landing pages, this and that, and the whole marketing aspect of it. But it's like, all right, you run something. What are you actually looking at after? Mm -hmm. Right. How did the numbers yeah. stack up? You know, being in tune with our finance team, it's like, all right, we need to hit certain KPIs for our financial model to make sense. So being able to understand that, I think is definitely a part of being a good media buyer. Um, so just lucky enough to have some type of experience within just the finance part, just being able to analyze numbers a little bit more clearly um, and strategically. Absolutely. Yeah, I came up as an email and SMS marketer working with performance marketers and, and having, um, you know, to really 
kind of um, have sort of like that, that bridging the gap, so to speak, of like one side of the marketing team versus the other side, acquisition, retention, all these things. Like, I think that really makes a well-rounded CMO having that performance background. I think it's just um, we're seeing, I from what I'm hearing and uh, you know, speaking with people, it's becoming more and more obviously of a focal point, but people yeah. are really doubling down, I think, on education there too. So super respect that. But to pull things back, I think you, you, know, you mentioned kind of at the onset, you know, retention, you know, we're talking about this today and some of those themes. Um, you wrote an absolutely just thought-provoking tweet that I wanted to just base this episode really around. Um, yeah. And I, I'll read the quote uh, for, for uh, quote to quote just to kind of sum it up, but we can kind of dive into it. But you wrote, just because a customer buys from you doesn't mean they're sold yet. Continue the experience post-purchase and you'll have a customer for life. Um, can you talk about like what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think there are certain times where brands are and, and i've i've fallen fault to this too it's like acquiring a customer at all means necessary right um does that mean that they're going to be a high quality customer does that mean that they're going to come back you know another time to make another purchase um that those are things that you have to consider because when you do acquire a customer just because they've bought from you does not mean that they're fully sold on the brand right mm -hmm. you got them into the door you got them interested in whatever you're selling, whether it's a solution to a problem, right? So for us, it's anti-aging. Uh, we're selling a solution to that. You still have to continue the process of nurturing them post-click, post-purchase, post-delivery. Um, you have to educate the consumer, right? So for us, for example, taking collagen, right? Like it needs to be added to your daily regimen. It's not something where you take for two days and all of a sudden your hair is going to stop falling out, right? It needs to be added. It needs to be like a, an entire life change where you're taking this every single day and you're seeing noticeable improvements later down the road, right? So that whole concept of taking it every day, that needs to be somehow, I guess through maybe email, through SMS, through whatever other channels that you may have, maybe it's a blog on the website, whatever it is, you have to find some way to educate the consumer while they're taking the product so that they continue to use the product, right? They're not going to be sold until they see the results that they came in for. So taking them down this journey of like, okay, day one, you know, you're going to try it with this recipe. Maybe in a couple of days you want to try it with this recipe. Oh, by the way, you can bake with it. Um, here are some results that our previous customers have saw. Um, here's the results they saw at day 30, day 60, day 90. Like those are the things that need to be brought up to that consumer as they're taking it because one, it'll motivate them to continue taking it, right? Like changing a, changing your like routine up is very difficult, right? I mean, I'm sure we all fall fault to this where, you know, you have your daily, you know, wake up, do this, 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 and then adding something into the mix is definitely a little bit difficult to, to, to continue doing. So you have to be able to do that. And it's very tough to do that nowadays because like your interaction time with the customer is very limited, right? right. Open rates are whatever they are. They're anywhere from 30 to 50% on email, SMS, you know, it is expensive to hit every single person. And, and most times, you know, people aren't leaving their, their phone numbers as much. Um, so how can you like get the value in front of somebody when they're like have the the shortest attention span, right? So that I think is once you're when you're selling online, you're selling a click with your ad, you're selling a product with your landing page, and now you're trying to sell them on your brand post delivery, um, and making sure that they come back 
month two, month three, because they actually enjoy the product and they're seeing results. I couldn't agree more. I think you brought up some really valid points there too. And, you know, being, you know, in an obvious case, you know, a, a product that needs to be used, you know, consistently to see those results, you have to set that expectation and really make sure that, um, you know, they're, they're following the regimen to see the best possible results. And you mentioned a few channels, like email, SMS, kind of delivering some of those things. Like, are you thinking about on those channels then as you sit down as a marketing team and you, you map out like what this post-purchase journey looks like? Um, is it, you know, you're looking at channel affinity and you're delivering, you know, if someone's super engaged in SMS, like we're only going to speak to them there, email only there. Is it a cohesive journey? Like how do you kind of think about just orchestration yeah. and, and setting that expectation then? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's a more cohesive journey, right? So when it comes down to email, the post-purchase flow is typically, all right, pre like right before delivery, we're sending out information on how to use the product. What are the best ways to use it, recipes, whatever it is. Text message, very similar, but obviously there's less landscape that you can work with. But, you know, we're sending them to kind of like a landing page of here's the information for beginners, right? So it may not be exact the same content, but it's still taking them down that journey of, okay, day one, I need to know how to use it, right? Mm -hmm. Then a week later, you're kind of checking in and be like, hey, like, do you have any questions? By the way, we have some really cool uh, testimonials from from uh, VIP customers, right? Similar on text message, you'll kind of have like a review, like a short review, um, just reminders, right? To take the product. Um, I think what we've seen is when we do send out like reminder text messages, like even like just the most subtle things, right? Where it's like, um, don't forget to hydrate, right? Like consumers actually love that because one day that as, as you take a sip of your water, right? <laughs> um, right. It's, it's just one of those things where it's like, you're just staying on top of mind, but you're not really asking for anything in return, right? It's mm -hmm. like, hey, sure. you know, providing this value. And, and that's what we like to do post-purchase through SMS and email. It's constantly like, all right, what's the newest recipe that we just, you know, put up on the blog? Um, what's the latest, you know, cool review we've heard um, in our Facebook community. So kind of taking them down their journey, like I said, like SMS and email is probably the biggest ways to do it. Um, and then also another big thing that we do utilize is in their delivery, we're giving, you know, recipe books, we're giving guidebooks so that at least you have all the tools to succeed. Now mm -hmm. it's just on us to like communicate at the right times to just be like, here's the little bit of push that you need. Here's a little bit of motivation. Here's, Here's what can happen 90 days out. Here's a really cool smoothie or like you can make pancakes, whatever it is, like just so that you get your you're continuously exciting the customer about their purchase. Today's episode of the Tega Podcast is brought to you by Wonderment, the easiest way to proactively set expectations on shipping timeframes, automatically update customers with delays, and measure shipping expectation versus reality across the business. Wonderment is a retention Swiss army knife used by hundreds of leading Shopify merchants, including The Ridge, Boxu, Igloo, Feastables, Jones Road Beauty, and more. Whether you're looking to improve your customer experience, retention marketing, or both, Wonderment will turn your post-purchase shipping experiences into a channel that helps to bring your customers back again and again. Tyka podcast listeners can receive a free trial of Wonderment by visiting wonderment.com demo and let them know that Blake sent you. And now, back to the show. Super, super awesome. And I think what you said is really important. You're continuously making them excited, reminding them, you know, the, the why, why they, you know, they choose to buy yeah. Avi and, and, and over other competitors as well and choosing that and 
consistently reinforcing that I think is so impactful. But um, I'd love to understand too, like from the performance marketer side in you, are you like testing out these things and iterating over time? Like what the customer experience looks like post-purchase today, like you're testing that out, yeah. you know, consistently, like just can you, can you kind of talk through what, what that kind of looks like? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I forgot where we are, who I spoke to about this, but like, I think that, retention marketers should have some sense of like performance marketing in them. Right. Mm -hmm. So as much as we're like testing um, or AB testing ads or AB testing offers or landing pages, that also needs to be done on a retention end too. Right. Sure. So like if we are, you know, trying to get somebody to come back a second time, what are the ways that we can do that? Should we be sending customers to a landing page, right? I think a lot of people are like, okay, one and done, you use a landing page for acquisition and then, all right, they'll go to the product page. But like, if you're talking about something very specific, I think especially when it comes to first time customers, like I said, like on, in the tweet that I, I sent out, they're still not sold yet, right? So trying to like still educate them while they're in between that first and second order, I think you can still utilize landing pages. I mean, we do it for uh, product launches, right? Um, at Avi, we've we've done quite a bit of product launches around you know flavor flavor expansions, uh, newer products that kind of fit the ecosystem. And so every time we do launch a new product, it's not just to like a product page with like description, price, add to cart, right? It's like a full like ex experience where all right, here's a new product. Let me take you through why like this as if it was a completely new person to the brand, right? So mm -hmm. like that is how you have to treat the consumers because one, they may have came in on a, a collagen protein. Now you're launching apple cider vinegar gummies. Why do they need that, right? They only right. came in for something around hair loss. Why do you need ACV gummies, right? So I think that's probably one of the biggest things is that, that what we're trying to start to do now is like as we're moving a lot of efforts more to retention, it's like we're, we're thinking of it from a performance marketing mindset where you are testing a bunch of stuff and you're not just kind of staying complacent with like, okay, like they bought from me once, they already know the brand. I'm sure they'll convert on like a product page or go to the homepage, right? They're still not sold yet. Continue educating and trying to sell them because then I think that that performs a lot better than just like your standard, like, all right, go buy now. That's a really impactful mindset. And I think that speaks volumes to, you know, the success that you're seeing and, you know, thinking about this from that lens, I think is really really important i think where things are headed in this space like retention obviously is you know become a buzzword in this space but now the next evolution of it i think is bringing in some of those performance marketing mindsets testing out you know and thinking about too it's like yeah if they bought you know the collagen product why are they going to buy those apple cider vinegar gummies you know you need to kind of think about that from that um i think about this too like i so when i was coming up as a marketer i worked at a company called auto brush we sold hand like um hands-free toothbrushes basically and one of the biggest challenges that we had was like, once someone made a purchase, how are we actually going to you know, get them to buy the brush heads to replace the toothpaste, all these different products that went to the dental care regimen. But it was like you're selling them from almost start again because they're so used to using other products in their life. Maybe they don't understand the value. Maybe it wasn't why they came to buy in the first place. Um, so, yeah, it totally makes sense what you're saying there. Um, I'm curious. So you talked about a lot of the awesome things you're doing, but I think one of the best places to learn is actually from failures as well, or maybe kind of lessons that you've learned along the way. Have there been any roadblocks um, as you kind of try to overcome creating better customer experiences and retention? Like, and how have you kind of overcome those challenges? Yeah, um, I think we definitely didn't do a good job at understanding 
the experience from the consumer's mindset after the fact, right? So like the only thing that we really had in place was leave a review after 50 days, right? And then like going through that and seeing like how we kind of fared out. But like even throughout the process, we never really measured what was going on. So from like post-delivery, like did they have an issue? Um, you know, did they have an issue taking the product? Did they maybe like stop taking it? Why did they stop taking it, right? So like we never really focused too much on that because like, on the on the performance side, we're like, all right, how do we keep pumping revenue? How do we keep acquiring customers? I think that mind, like I said, the mindset has completely changed now. Um, you need to really understand the consumer journey and what's happening, right? So, like for example, when it comes to subscriptions, um, if they're about to pause or cancel, getting that information right away, like why do you want to cancel? Is it because you didn't like the taste? Is it because maybe you didn't see the results, or maybe you can't afford it? I want to know what those issues are so we can fix it, right? Sure. We can't continue to like build the brand and you see this churn of customers and you're, you're like not addressing it, right? So like that is probably one of the biggest things that we started implementing is getting that information from the consumers and making changes accordingly, right? So for example, um, one of the biggest complaints for um, one of our flavors on the collagen is that it's too sweet. Right. So like what we ended up doing as a fix for that is and and mind you, like we didn't actually make a fix because we weren't paying attention to what they were saying. Right. Like you would have these like really VIP customers in the Avi community who are praising the product like nonstop. And it's like, OK, we don't have a product issue. It's like everybody's loving it. They're, they're praising it. There's a lot of good comments. But then you have this subset of people that are like they try it and they're like, oh, it's too sweet. I don't really want it anymore. Right. So you never hear from them, even if you ask them for a review or you ask them for like their feedback, they're not going to give it to you. So there is more positive comments than the negative, but like you really should focus on the negative because like for me, I don't know about you, but like if I don't like something, I'm just one, I'm just not going to buy again, nor do I care to like leave a review because it's like, I just don't care anymore. Right. Yeah. So like literally looking into the negative reviews, even if it's, it's a, a couple comments or like a lot, you should really address it. Right. So Getting that information has been super crucial for us. So now, okay, maybe even seven days after post delivery, um, you know, do you is there is there anything that we can help you with? Are you, are you struggling or whatever it is? Getting that information and then addressing it, right? So back to one of our flavors being a little bit too sweet. Immediately um, understanding that the next round of inventory that we bought, we immediately dropped the sweetness, right? So just like changes like that will instantly change the trajectory of the business because now those people who were complaining are going to love the product and inevitably become, you know, consumers of uh, the brand. Right. So I think those are the things that we need to be looking at. Um, especially like, like I said, acquisition costs are going higher. How can you improve LTV? It's literally looking at the negative reviews, looking at the complaints and seeing how you can fix it. Right. Um, if you've ordered, you know, a thousand units of a flavor and like you're only 900, in, like you have 900 left, what can you do, right? Maybe the, the solution is like, hey, this, this flavor may be a little bit sweeter. So instead of adding eight ounces of milk, try maybe 12 or 14 so that you can dilute it a little bit, right? Or sure. if, if, if the solution is maybe take half a scoop twice a day, right? So giving the solution to the consumers when they're they're having problems, that is super key because one, it shows that you actually care about their experience. Two, they'll actually enjoy the product a lot more because you're giving them advice on how to take it properly. And then hopefully they they have a better chance of coming back later on. So much good stuff to unpack, as you mentioned there too. I think one of the things I wanted to zoom in on too is 
you mentioned kind of almost like the silent majority of some of that negative feedback might never come to the surface and you have to dig a little deeper. And, and sometimes, um, you know, I, I remember as I, I was looking through, you know, reviews, it's like, hey, we only have like one or two negative reviews out of like 100. But like, maybe we should look at that one or two, because maybe there's a lot of really good information that people just aren't voicing or thinking about. And, yeah. and then also, and then you're, you mentioned too, so it's, it's that identification piece, but then actually presenting solutions. So whether it's, um, you know, hey, yeah, dilute this or take it twice a day, those different things um, can really kind of show you're listening and you have that CX mindset. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you too on that too was how you sort of ingest some of that feedback. Are you meeting with like your CX team regularly? Are you kind of looking at that day over day? Like how do you sort of take feedback and then actually take action on it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's three or four places that we're looking at it. So one is our Facebook community, right? So if somebody kind of comes to the community and there's a, a common theme around a, maybe a certain issue, right? <clears throat> How can we now take that information and, and address it, right? So that's more anecdotal uh, information. Um, then what we're looking at is reviews, right? So reviews by product, where do they stack up against each other, right? So like, does a product have above 4.5 uh, star review is it below is it below a four right so what can we do to like really pinpoint the issues um and then even like looking on amazon i think amazon has the most critical reviewers too um you know when you go and and see your one star reviews there they'll give it to you straight right like right. i think people who review products on amazon like they do it because they actually care and so like that's a really great source of uh truth for you as a brand um, and then the other aspect of it is, you know, looking at, and talking to CX, like what are the issues that people are facing? Cause you're the ones that are dealing with the people who either want to make a return or get a refund. Why do they want this? Right. Um, so a lot of that is anecdotal, but then also implementing ways to collect like, you know, actual data is through surveys. Right. So even like, um, on an email. So you'll have, okay, would you recommend, you know, this to a friend, right? Yes or no. Right. And collecting that data. So like, all right, is it 70%? Yes. And like 30% no. Is it, is it like 50, 50? Like why, why is it 50, 50? Right. So now the people who select no, why wouldn't you recommend it to a friend? Like what issue did you have that you didn't enjoy? And like giving them a place to actually like provide that information to you is super crucial. And, and and by the way, like shout out to like Eli Weiss and a lot of these, uh, you know, CX gurus on on Twitter, because like they've helped us understand like, hey, you really need to give a shit. Right. Sorry for cursing, but like you actually need to care. And so get that information, because as a founder, we can't have an ego. Right. Like we aren't going to be perfect. So you need to learn how to fix the mistakes and then also like just become a better brand because of it. And your customers will will love you more for it because they're actually listening to them. 100%. And big shout out to Eli. Um, just just serve on comes to mind as well. Some of the other CX leaders I know that are putting out a lot of great content around, you know, what we should be thinking about and thinking about like, in terms of being proactive. Um, I think it's such an underrated, um, you know, ability for an organization to have, you know, really good alignment with your retention and CX teams, marketing teams, CX teams, whatever you want to call it, and have those feedback loops just consistently. I, I think it's a theme that I'm seeing with brands that are really putting CX first. Um, but it's super, super impactful too. I think you mentioned like, um, you know, digging deeper. So if they won't re refer to a friend, like why? You got to dig deeper, find those answers. And sometimes they're like, that's where the gold really is. I think it unblocking a lot of that, you know, turning a casual customer into a customer for life. Yeah. Um, 
I wanted to ask you one question um, that you, you have a quiz on site uh, on, on the Avi website. And I, I, I know quizzes are really big right now in the sort of space, but um, you, this quiz essentially is designed, you know, obviously to give them a personalized product recommendation, but are you using any of that data then maybe to like personalize post-purchase communication? And, and if so, like, how are you using that? Yeah. Um, hundred percent. I think, you know, personalizing the experience is super crucial for even tightening up that relationship. Right. So the quiz and, you know, when you first take it, it's asking you, what are the, the problems that you're looking for a solution for? Right. So right off the bat, we can tailor, you know, education based off of that. Right. So if you're coming here for weight loss or if you're coming here for more beauty stuff, so like hair, skin and nails, the, the education value goes a little bit separate, right? So when it comes down to weight loss, it's like, how do you change your eating habits? How do you change that lifestyle? How do you get a little bit more exercise in while taking Avi products, right? So that's one set. Then you have like the hair, skin, and nails. It's like, okay, well, um, you know, when it comes down to like skincare or like hair care, or nail care, like certain like advice around that to tailor, um, tailor to the uh to the, the customer so that one, when they do use a product, they're also seeing a little bit more benefits um, on the collagen end, right? Sure. So, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of like emphasis on like getting that like zero party data so that you can completely tailor the messaging in like different directions if you need to. And then you'll know like, hey, you know, this person was having issues with possibly weight loss. Okay. And they bought um, our burn product, right? Which is a fat burner. I know that I can probably upsell them on some of the other weight loss products, right? Like a detox or like a carb blocker. Um, and like, I'll know how to message that because I have that information of like, Hey, you know, how often do you exercise? Like I have that information on our quiz, right? So if it's like, I'm, I'm frequently exercising or I'm not. So I'll know that I can specify that message. Like, Hey, you might see better results if you maybe, you know, get your 10,000 steps in a day or whatever it is, right? Just so that it can help them outside of like, oh, I think you'll really like the detox because it'll, it'll help flush out whatever. Or I, I think you really like the carb blocker because it'll block, it'll block carbs, right? Give them a reason other than like, just buy this, right? So like mm -hmm. giving that education is, is super crucial. And I think that zero party data helps us make better decisions on the messaging. Yeah, I definitely heard that anecdote. And I mean, using quizzes myself as a marketer, I, I, definitely can speak to that, you know, being able to understand what those either pain points or just kind of lifestyle attributes are, and then making that personalized messaging. And even kind of goes back to like what we were talking about earlier. It's like, um, you're learning some of these things that maybe they bought the collagen and you want to cross sell them on something else. Like how can you take that data intelligently use it? And then also it's like the feedback piece of it too. I, I I'm sure for you guys, it's probably a super insightful exercise to be able to see like what are customers saying? What are they kind of coming in, taking this quiz? Um, to tell you more about them. Um, has has the quiz at all influenced kind of maybe just how you even generally think about messaging um, as well? Yeah, I, I mean, you, you can get, you can at least acquire the information about like what certain things people care about, right? Um, so that's where that will help in terms of like the, the messaging standpoints, right? So like if we ask a few questions about what their lifestyle is, so like diet wise, exercise wise what what are they like are they drinking enough water like are they what kind of foods are they eating right so like having that information even though it's like completely like irrelevant to what product we're recommending because like we already know they're into weight loss we're going to show you the three top selling weight loss products right but on the back end at least i can tailor the messaging around like 
hey, if you've if you've indicated that you don't hydrate enough, then maybe you might fall under a flow where it's like you might get more hydration reminders, right? So sure. like things like that where it's like you can personalize the the messaging from the brand outside of just like sale, discount, offer, blah, blah, blah. Here's this additional piece of wait, why why is Avi better than another brand? Because they actually care enough to like help educate me, help motivate me, help push me. And I think that's been the biggest like uh, uh, like I guess I, I think it's been the biggest characteristic of the brand because like we have our Facebook community. So within there it's it's a source of motivation. It's a source of like just togetherness, right? And that's why I think we stand out because that's what we offer. So if you can offer that outside of just like pushing product, that's where I think brands can win because it'll help with loyalty and in turn retention and stuff like that. For sure. I think a theme I've heard throughout this conversation is just the connectivity with your customers and really trying to better understand it and address their needs and be that friend and, and be, um, you know, just like a thousand steps ahead of them almost. And, and what really is um, going to be the next thing that they're going to be needing from Avi. Um, so you, you've talked about this community a lot. I, I do want to just follow it a little bit. If, if we kind of know, you got probably a lot of questions about this awesome community that you've built. But um, I think it's one of the most impressive things about Avi as I did my research on the company was really just how much you've connected with your customers through this community. Um, can you just talk a little bit for our listeners like about the Avi community, some of the benefits it's had from a retention and connectivity standpoint with your customers? Yeah, I mean, we started the community probably a couple months after starting the brand. Um, and people kind of just trickled in, right? Like literally starting from zero. Um, how The whole point was how can we connect with them? How can we stay on top of mind for them? And how can we show them that this is a real brand, right? This isn't like something you saw on Facebook, you purchased and you're never going to buy again. This is like a lifestyle change. And by being able to offer a community where you could get support, you could find people on the same um, path as you, right? If you wanted to go down the weight loss journey, or if you wanted to just improve your overall health, you know, having people around you going through the same thing makes it easier because then you have people to rely on, right? And accountability. So we utilize this group as a way to just connect on that level. Um, it's also great for like just feedback, Right. So like, hey, we really want this flavor collagen or we really want this product because we noticed that um, when people take pictures of like their stacks at home, you can see that they have the collagen or they may have another product, too, that they're utilizing. And it's like, OK, if we see this common theme of, OK, somebody's using this other brand for a specific product, how can we maybe take that market share? Because our customers are buying from us. They'll probably buy another product like that too, right? So for example, sure. we saw a lot of people taking um, PB Fit, right? Peanut butter protein. Mm -hmm. And so this was a constant thing that we saw. So like, oh, I love Avi and PB, PB Fit and like no disrespect to PB Fit, like they're a great brand, but like how can we keep those customers from buying something else, right? So came out with a peanut butter flavor and instantly like you start to see less people buy PB Fit because we already offer solution for that, right? Um, so like you're just in tune with what the customers are doing. You're not necessarily asking like, oh, what do you want? Um, I mean, there are times where we do that, but like mm -hmm. you can see what people are doing or using with the product that starts to make sense, right? So right. like, for example, 
um, people started adding the collagen to say a coffee, right? So now does it make sense? Like, Hey, can we also attract a market that might buy a coffee from or a coffee flavor from us? Right. So, you know, utilizing the community is so it's like a cheat code, right? Because you have direct access to your, to your customers, direct feedback. If I have a question that like, and, and sometimes I'll do this for when I'm like stuck on a marketing angle, I'll be like, why it like what did you expect this product to do for your hair right and you'll they'll they'll get a whole bunch of comments and you're like wow this is a really cool angle um there's a specific maybe um disease or like you know that somebody's going through and maybe that could be a good angle for us to to hit right so like there there's so many pieces of information that you can gather from the community where one it's really cool because then at least you're you're, you're talking and you're connecting with them Two, it's also a cheat code on at least on the marketing side too, because then you actually understand the the consumer mindset and the psychology behind it, and how can you use that um, on the acquisition channel too. So, you know, using it to connect and then also helping on the marketing side is is it's major cheat code. I love to hear that, and I couldn't agree more. I think you know some of the best communities that I've observed. You know, it's not only you know what you're you know asking of them, but what you're listening back and you're really taking, it's what you said. It's sometimes you're not directly asking, but you're just seeing what they're writing, what they're posting, um, just trying to connect a little bit more. And then ultimately too, like using that as a, you know, sort of a testing ground for you to get new ideas, think about how the business can continue to innovate and, and, and meet those needs. Um, this has been so insightful, Ash. I super appreciate it. Before I let you go, um, would love to understand what are some of the things you're thinking about um, in 2023 as you think about like what are those bets that you're going to be making on on CX and retention? Yeah, um, I, I think some of the you know, after even talking to like I said some of these pros in the in the field, um, really making sure that the experience is extremely special for that for that somebody. So like um, within CX itself, like kind of not relying on these automated messages and actually having a conversation with somebody if they have a problem, right? So like, you know, if if they may not like something, instead of being like, okay, well, if you want to return it, refund, but we'll fill out this form and we'll process a label. <laughs> Understanding why they're not enjoying it. How can you offer solution? You know, say they get a certain flavor, they don't like it. Like, hey, my favorite recipe with this is this. Can you, maybe you might like that better. Or I can suggest another flavor, whatever it is. So building that communication and, and connectivity with like just on like CX alone will probably one, save you from a lot of returns and refunds, but then also get you a little bit more information on that side. Like, okay, there's a lot of complaints about this specific product. What can we do to fix it, right? Um, in terms of like, I think community will always, you know, be top of mind. So how can we, you know, continuously build community and on different platforms, right? So within Facebook, within our app, um, on YouTube, Instagram, like stuff like that. Like how can we continuously build that just so that we're always on top of mind. And then also kind of, you know, like I said, just building out these checkpoints so that you understand what's going on throughout the journey. So you're not just guessing, right? So mm -hmm. post delivery, how's their experience, you know, a couple of weeks out, how's your experience another month or two out? How's your experience been this way? Like you can still measure the data that's coming in and then make changes accordingly so that you can tighten up that, that churn rate. And then hopefully, you know, convert the first time customers into customers for life. 
Love it. No, that's a great way to bring it all back to the theme of, uh, on the onset here. But I think, um, you know, this has been an amazing just overview, I think, of how you see the world. You know, obviously, a lot of the performance marketer definitely shines, I think, in how you're kind of speaking to things. And it's really exciting to see um, what you guys will accomplish in 2023 and beyond. I think there's just um, there's a lot of things you've been building. I'm sure we'll, the momentum will continue to roll through and we'll have to have you on again soon to, uh, to chat through some of that. But before I let you get out of here, I do actually want to ask where can customers or I guess listeners, not customers, excuse me, where can listeners go to uh, to get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter um, at Ashvin Melwani. Um, and just a small plug, uh, Ron and I started our own podcast called Chew on This. Um, so definitely check it out. We talk a little bit more about what went into building the brand, you know, product launches, the community, this and that. So definitely check it out. Highly recommend it. Uh, the first few episodes have been fantastic. Um, so true on this, we'll, we'll link out all that in the show notes. But Ash, again, super appreciate it, my friend. We'll have to have you on again really soon. Um, awesome. But best of luck in BFCM and can't wait to hear from you soon. Thank you. No, thank you for having me.